wait, this is the remix. The legal lens is back at it again with Angela Red Eye Wright. Go tell a friend. Unions in the labor movement, employment law, and doing the right thing. Reparations in COVID 19, voting rights. The insight is priceless. KBLA Talk, you know we got it. Come on, let's go. Hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the first weekend of May 2023, and you are tuned in to the KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show, where we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and each Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are broadcasting to you live from Lamert Park, USA, which is a part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles, and Destination Crenshaw is coming. You definitely want to check out that project which will be here soon. Many thanks to JSTAR for our Legal Lens Jingle Remix and to you, our listeners, for joining us um, on this wonderful weekend, this spring weekend. We could not do this show without you, and we thank you for listening from week to week. Um, You can follow us on KBLA Talk 1580 on all socials, and you can hear about our other great shows throughout the week and weekend. And you can follow me on on all socials at I am Angela Redock Wright. And you can learn about our upcoming shows. You can get outtakes from our prior shows. And most importantly, you can leave your comments about future shows that you would like to see, your thoughts about the current shows, and and just anything you want to share um, related to our radio show, uh, related to other work that we are doing um, in the legal community. And guess what? You can listen to KBLA Talk 1580 anywhere, anytime on the go by downloading our KBLA Talk 1580 app. And, you know, it's a weekend, so you don't have to feel as if you have to stay home and stick by your radio station, radios or your Alexas playing in the background, but you can literally download the app and take us anywhere with you on the go. And we encourage you to do so and to tell a friend, tell a family member to also download our app or listen to us on their AM dial or tell Alexa to play us if they're home or using their phone to listen. And you definitely want to tell them about this show because it's the month of May and part of what we celebrate in May is Juror uh, Juror Appreciation Month. That's Jury Service Appreciation Month. And we're acknowledging this um, this month and this time of appreciation for those who serve on juries with two amazing guests today. Um, top trial attorney, Ibietti Sec um, of Sec Law and uh, top juror consultant, Harry Plotkin. I will introduce them more formally in our next segment, but these are two individuals who are on the cutting edge of um, Ibietti trying cases and Harry being one of the consultants, top consultants to trial attorneys like Ibietti as they're trying cases and looking for um, jurors and the best jurors for their types of cases. So they will provide us insights on what it means to serve as a juror in this day and time, the importance of it, and the science of picking a jury and relating to and connecting to a jury. Um, I think when I think of jury service and the science of picking a jury, I think of the popular show, network TV show called Bull. And um, I think, uh, I know that's probably dramatized and probably not, not quite true 
in all aspects of what happens when it comes to picking a jury. Um, but I think of that show, and so I'm kind of dubbing today's show the Bull of Los Angeles and looking at how jurors, jurors are picked in Los Angeles and California and beyond and kind of the science that goes into that. So you don't want to miss this show. And just to help connect the dots, let me share some information with you about um, jury service and how it's perceived um, in the US. Um, so a recent study um, by the Pew Research Center from 2017 says that two thirds of US adults, approximately 67% um, of adults at that time, stated that serving on a jury is part of what it means to be a good citizen. So we as Americans um, see serving as a jury as a part of our duty as citizens um, in the US. But 31% took the opposite view and said jury duty service does not have much to do with being a good citizen. Um, as an attorney myself, although I don't try cases still, I definitely think that's an unfortunate viewpoint um, because the way our system works is through having good juries, jurors who are willing to serve and willing to bring their perspectives to that jury box and to that particular civil or criminal case. Um, the same study says that when it comes to the number of Americans who actually serve on jury, in, on a jury in a given year, recent statistics are hard to find, but the National Center for State Courts and an independent research organization focused on a jury, um, um, the state judiciary, estimated that only about 15% of U.S. adults receive a jury summons each year, and fewer than 5% of those are summoned and end up in on a jury duty. So 5% of Americans that receive a jury, jury um, duty summons, only 5% actually show up. So that is an unfortunate number. And we're hoping that through today's show that we will encourage those of you who will get that jury summons and automatically look for a way not to serve, not to show up, that you'll reconsider that. And like 67% of Americans stated, will see jury service as part of your duty as a citizen in our country. Um, just to give you some highlights of why it's important to serve on a jury, um, it helps to insurance, ensure the balance of power in our system. It ensures fairness in the legal system. It fosters community engagement and it helps to preserve the democracy and it helps to promote civic responsibilities. Those are all reasons that you, if you haven't done so in a while or have never done so, should consider serving on a jury. It's important, it's vital to make sure that our systems of power are balanced out and that we have the opportunity as American citizens to weigh in on individual cases. Um, our guest today will give even more insights to this topic and will also help us to understand where they fit into the system, how they go about jury selection, how they go about connecting with the jury and making sure that they have good jurors for their cases. So we have a great show planned for you. Call a friend, call a family member, tell them to, 
tune into KBLA Talk 1580. And if they have something to do, all they have to do is download the app and they can take us with them wherever they go. You can also tell Alexa to play KBLA Talk 1580, or you can turn, if you're old school like me, you can turn to your AM dial and listen to 1580 on your AM dial. Um, we have a great show planned for you. Um, top trial attorney, multi-million dollar verdicts under her belt. Um, E.B. Sec and top trial consultant also has multi-million dollar verdicts under his belt in terms of advising his client, top clients, top trial attorney, Harry Plotkin. Don't turn the dial. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. And guess what, folks? We have a lot to talk about. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick-Bright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for tuning in with us to on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela, and we have a great show planned for you today. As I mentioned in our opening, we have two um, people who are top in their fields, top in the legal field. Um, we have top consumer plaintiff's attorney, um, Ibieti Sec, and also in jury consultant, Harry Plotkin. I call him the bull of Los Angeles. I, do you watch that show, Harry, the bull? You know, I, I, I only, I've not watched it. I just hear people constantly tell me about it. So I feel like I've watched it from all the things. I've oh, seen. wow. You have <laughs> to watch it. It's really good. Uh, it probably like legal shows. It maybe or maybe does or doesn't give true insight to what you do every day, but you'll have to watch it and, and see if it's representative of what you do as a jury consultant. Yeah. I don't have hidden cameras all over recording jurors, but uh, <laughs> other than the high tech stuff, it, some of it I'm sure is very, very uh, accurate. Right, right. Well, let me formally introduce our two guests. First, we have um, top um, plaintiff side consumer um, attorney Ibieti Sec, and Ibieti is a founder of Sec Law, and it's and is its principal trial lawyer, um, where her trial practice focuses on cases involving complex catastrophic injury, wrongful death, traumatic brain injury, civil rights, and sexual abuse of minors. Wow, just reading that, those are some very, very deep and important areas of law. Um, she exclusively represents plaintiffs and prides herself in being a zealous advocate on an endless pursuit for justice on behalf of people who have been wronged. She has been named a Southern California Super Lawyers Rising Star and Super Lawyer since 2010 and was featured as one of the Daily Journal's top 40 under 40. I remember that cover and that's when I first came to know her and said, who is first this amazingly beautiful woman and obviously very talented. So when I had a chance to get to know her a couple of years after that, I was so honored. Um, she is a member of several different organizations. Um, top of mind is the Consumer Attorneys of Los Angeles where she serves on the board and will be the incoming president in the next year. Um, we are so happy to have Ibieti on the show. She has had multiple seven and eight figure verdicts, but her biggest wins are her husband and her children, where when she's not working with the jury, picking a jury, delivering great arguments to her jury, she's spending time with her family and traveling throughout the country. So welcome, Ibieti. We are so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Angela. It's a pleasure being here. 
Thank you. And joining her is um, top jury consultant, Harry Plotkin. When the best trial lawyers in California go to trial, guess who they call? They call Harry. They probably have him on speed dial. Um, as a juror consultant who works exclusively for plaintiffs, Harry has helped tri trial lawyers win some of the biggest and most difficult verdicts with his revolutionary approach to Void Dyer and mastery of jury selection. So Harry, of course, we're gonna have to dis, um, define that word, Void Dyer, because it's a key word when it comes to jury selections. His juries have come back with over 60 nuclear verdicts of over $10 million since 2013, including five Armageddon verdicts of over $40 million since October, 2021. Um, he has here in his bio number of other jury verdicts that he's gotten, but we will talk about um, a jury verdict or two that Harry is most proud of. Like Ibietti, when he's not consulting with clients about jury selection, um, he is a proud girl dad um, who spends every minute he can with his seven and nine-year-old daughters. And he has a passion for coaching youth sports and puts his family first whenever possible. And I can attest to that. Harry and I are Facebook friends and I'm constantly liking um, all the great things that he's doing with his family. So welcome, Harry, and thank you also for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with, with both of you. Uh, I'm big fans of, of both of you as well. Thank you, thank you. So, Ibietti, let's start with you. I've given some highlights of your bio, but give our, we'd like our listeners to really know who we're talking to. If you could give us a little more insight about your background that led to your becoming now is, you know, one of the most well-regarded trial attorneys in not just Los Angeles or California, but in the country. Thank you. Uh, so just a little bit about myself. One, I'm an Angela Reddick, right? Man. Oh, so thank a you. Pleasure being here. Uh, and uh, I've worked with Harry in the past. And so he is definitely well regarded. And it's an honor being here with him as well. Uh, so I'm a trial lawyer. And really what I am is I'm a trial lawyer for the people. I represent uh, individuals, not corporations, not uh, public entities, not businesses, just people. And the vast majority of my people are people of color who live uh, south of the 10 freeway in uh, Los Angeles and also up and down the state of California. Um, and I pride myself in this work because I believe that um, community colors, communities of color have been uh, underrepresented in the courtroom for um, as long as this country has been founded, frankly. And um, I believe in the jury system. And I believe that a jury should be made up of jurors of your peers. Uh, and that means uh, a, a wide range of individuals from our very diverse community. And so um, I, I make sure that I'm in the courtroom being the voice for the people that I think have not necessarily been heard so much in the courtroom. I started my career at the Cochran Firm, working with the esteemed, late, great Johnny L. Cochran Jr., of uh, notable fame here in Los Angeles, but also throughout the country. And uh, Johnny Cochran was the reason I became a lawyer. And it's the reason I uh, came to see, uh, to Los Angeles from Washington State. I wanted to attend the law school he went, he attended and I wanted to work in the firm that he founded and it worked out for me. And I've been a trial lawyer ever since. And what that means is that I'm in the courtroom and I spend most of my time in the courtroom. I structure my practice so I can be in the courtroom. And 
the beautiful thing about being in the courtroom is I, I get to meet so many people from the state of California through the process of jury selection, which I think is what we're going to be spending some time talking about. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Ivietti. Um, I, we were at a conference together recently and you told me a little bit about your background and how Johnny Cochran inspired you. And so he inspired so many of us. So may he rest in peace and just thank him for his legacy that he left for all of us. Um, I'm glad you also mentioned Ibietti, um, how you're, you're, you're passionate about representing individuals who, you know, south of the 10 freeway who may go unseen because part of what we want to talk about as well is the importance, you know, where we see possible bias um, in our jury system and in the selection of jury. So we'll definitely circle back to that. Um, Harry, tell us a little bit more about you and how you became uh, the bull of Los Angeles. <laughs> sure. So I, I've been doing this a long time. I've been uh, had my own practice uh, for about 17 years and was doing doing it at, at another firm with some partners a couple of years, a few years before that. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I really got popular and got to be picky and choosy about who I worked with, uh, that I really started to work exclusively on the plaintiff side, like, like Ibietti said on the, you know, for the people. Um, and, you know, I, so I was, I used to work for both sides. Um, I really, you know, whoever hired me, I would work for. And then over the years, I just very quickly found out that, you know, I wanted to help, you know, the, the people that would help me sleep at night. I mean, the people who, you know, who, who've been injured and, and make the world a better place, um, you know. And so one thing that I really, really wanted to talk about with people was and you talked about, you know, the, the makeup of jurors in the community is that, um, you know, to, to really send the message out there that being on a jury is a really powerful, wonderful thing. I know that, you know, people tend to hate it when they get that jury summons and they will say anything to get out of it or they'll throw it in the trash. You know, but being on a jury is an amazing opportunity to, you know, in many of these cases, if you get picked on a jury, to make a huge difference to, to hold irresponsible companies accountable, irresponsible people accountable, uh, to make the world a safer place or a fairer place for workers. You know, it doesn't matter how big or small the case. Every case sends a huge message and makes a big difference. Um, and, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, I remember years ago that really inspired me, I just noticed among, you know, friends and family and people I talk to, you know, what, what's the one question I get asked when people find out what I do is, you know, like, how do I get off jury service? How do I get, oh, no. <laughs> what do I say? Should I say like, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask for that, right? <laughs> right. You know, should I, should I make up lies? Should I say this or that, you know, and, and, um, and it always made me think of, uh, you remember that movie, A Few Good Men, where they, there was the famous scene with Jack Nicholson, where he's, you know, what, what does he say? Um, um, you can't handle the truth or whatever. But there's a really important part of his talk where he says something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, you know, I have, and I wrote it down here, I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. And I just noticed that so many people, you know, when, when you bring in jurors, you know, they just dump on lawsuits and big verdicts. And I don't like lawsuits and I don't like trial lawyers, but these lawsuits and these verdicts make all of us safer. They make companies, they force companies to be more responsible. They, they make employees get treated more fairly. I mean, everybody is protected by these lawsuits and not everybody really connects the dots and realizes it. So that's one of the things you know, I really like to try to help 
in, in jury selection, jurors understand how important it is and how empowered they are and what a big difference it makes, regardless of whether it's a car crash case or a wrongful termination case or whatever. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things that drew, drew me to it. And I'm sure uh, it'd be as well. Great, Harry. And thank you so much for kind of jumpstarting our, our conversation. But before we continue, I did have one pressing question for you. Like, how did you become a jury consultant? I mean, I don't think on the list when we're growing up, we're thinking, what do we want to do in life? Is there ever the checkbox of I want to be a jury consultant? So how did that happen? And, and if someone is interested in this work, how do they get into it? Yeah, I don't, unfortunately, don't have any pictures that I drew with crayons when I was in second grade of me being a jury consultant in a courtroom, but uh, it's something that I just fell into. I had a background in psychology and a knack for understanding people, and I was working with some experts years ago, and the lawyers found out I had this background in psychology and were asking me to, you know, how, how do I explain this complex stuff to a jury? And eventually, one of them was nice enough to tell me this was a real job. Um, and so I eventually went off and, and joined a firm of jury consultants and, and spent a, the first few years not being the jury consultant, but just sort of going to focus groups and trials and learning the ropes. And, and so, I, you know, like, like I think every other jury consultant I've ever met, you just kind of fall into it, but you, you'd have to have a knack for understanding how everybody thinks, not just how you think or how people you know think, but understanding any case that you look at, okay, I know some people are going to think about it this way and some people are going to think about it this way. And there's no right or wrong way to think about it because, you know, you have to understand every point of view. Right. Wow. Interesting. Thank you. So, Ivietti, um, one of the things I um, just learned about you, again, at the same conference, I'd asked you the question. I said, so, you know, what does your everyday look like? Are you representing clients from beginning to end? And you said, well, no, actually, I'm now at this place, an esteemed place in our world where I'm called in, you know, after a case has been litigated to come in and to either try the case as a whole or try a part of it. And I saw you do a, a sample. Um, op was it an opening or closing statement? Um, oh, it might have been an opening. It might have okay, been an opening. On, on consortium, loss of consortium. Yes. And so I just think that's amazing that you're on the short list of people who get called in, you know, specifically to, to try cases. What is it, as you, as we sit here, is there a case and a verdict or jury that comes to mind that you, that you're most proud of having worked with or a verdict that you're most proud of? Well, I will say that uh, every case that I have tried has made or left an impression on me. There is not a single person that I have represented that I do not remember and that I do not think about. And so I cannot single out a specific person or a specific case uh, because they are all indeed special and impactful to me. But I can say that uh, there was a case very early in my career where I represented a very uh, young girl who had been uh, abused by her um, her neighbor and employer, and um, and we tried that case to verdict. Uh, we we were able to get justice for her in the sense that the jury saw that she had been harmed and that there were people responsible for this other than herself. Uh, but really what it uh, left me feeling like was that uh, I was able to speak for someone who did not have the ability or the, the skill set or the 
or even some cases, the wherewithal to to speak for themselves. And and the jury, the jury heard me, and uh, and through me, they heard her. So that really opened up the world of possibilities for me. And I, I think about her all the time. We talk all the time, and um, how much she's grown and how empowered she feels because of that experience. So I think that really opened my eyes to the possibility of what it means to be a trial lawyer and impact people's lives. Wonderful. Thank you so much for those insights. You both have given us some great foundation for our conversation. When we come forward, we will continue our conversation about the importance of jury service, the science of picking a jury with um, top trial attorney, Ibieti Sek, and top jury consultant, Harry Plotkin. So don't turn that dial. You want to continue this conversation with us on KBLA Talk. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela. And today we're talking about the importance of jury service, the science of picking a jury with two amazing guests, um, top trial attorney, E.B. Sek and top juror consultant, Harry Plotkin. And um, as we often do, we ask our uh, guests to help supply our music playlist for our show. So I'd like to thank Harry for recommending Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. That's one of the songs that gets him going when he's picking a jury and on his way to court. So thank you, Harry. <laughs> That's a classic. So um, Harry, you kind of started it in our last segment, just talking about the importance of jury service and not throwing away that summons or looking for ways to get out of jury duty. So once you get that summons, you commit to going, give us a quick overview of how the jury selection process works. Sure. So, uh, you know, we folks from the community who answer the call and actually show up. And I know that in I've heard that in Los Angeles, the show rate is something abysmal, like 10 percent or less that actually come to court and don't just wow. throw up jury summons. Um, but for the folks who, who are wonderful enough to show up, generally, um, you know, the, the judge will get called to a courtroom and the judge will tell them, you know, this, this is going to be a two week trial or something. And then you know, 80% of those who were willing to show up now don't want to show up and regret showing up. So, uh, but, you know, what happens is the folks who are able, uh, who don't have an extreme hardship and who are able to take the time, um, you know, get asked, ask questions about their background and their beliefs that are relevant to the case by the judge and by the lawyers on both sides as, as the jury gets selected. And and my job is to, to uh, you know, represent the plaintiff. And I don't get to ask the questions. The, the attorneys I work with ask the questions, but I write the questions that they ask and and help them to understand which kind of jurors are just going to be biased against us, which of the jurors who are not going to be receptive to what we have to say, and to get them a jury that's empowered and receptive to the message, um, you know, whatever the, the case happens to be about. And so each side gets a certain amount of uh, what's called strikes to excuse somebody from the jury. Um, I, either side has an unlimited number uh, to request the judge excuse if they are biased. So if, so if a juror says, hey, I can't be fair in this kind of case at all, I, you know, for whatever reason, uh, the judge will excuse them. But each side gets six in state court in California and three in federal court just to say, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable with this person and they're out the door. Now, unfortunately, neither side has the right to pick anybody um, because if the other side doesn't want them, they're, they're gone. But the folks that, that are left, you know, are the jury. And that's a huge responsibility and, and ha they just have so much power. And I can't really say this enough that, you know, you have so much power as, as, as jurors. Um, I remember there was a trial that we did a, a, a 
a board showing the structure of a company because this company really didn't listen to our client as a whistleblower wrongful termination case. And we did a thing where the jury was on top. It was, you know, here's the plaintiff and she reported to the CFO and they reported to the CEO. But above all this, are you the jurors? You, this is the only chance that you have a one in, uh, this is a federal case, so something like a one in eight vote to actually tell this company what they have to do. And think about that. I mean, when you're voting for president or Senate or whatever, I mean, you have your, your vote is like one in you know hundreds of millions. When you're on a jury, you have direct power over sometimes huge companies and you have you know, one eighth vote in, in these things. So, so, so critical for, for good people with the conscience to be on a jury. Right, right. Um, Harry, you raised a good point, which I wanna kind of pass to Ibietti. Um, there's the day that everybody shows up for jury selection, but I have a feeling um, Ibietti and attorneys like her, they engage you well before that day, right? Ibietti, at what stage do you think about engaging someone like Harry and what is it that you're looking for him to do as a jury consultant? Well, someone like Harry will come into a case um, really sometimes uh, very early on at the outset of the case. You could be talking about just the general issues with the case, the issues um, that uh, may concern you, the things that you're afraid of about the case. Because mm -hmm. someone like myself, I'm when I was litigating more than I am now, um, you're, you're, when you meet with a client, you're already thinking about that day when you're going to be in the courtroom, they'll be sitting by your side and the jury files in. How is the jury going to see them, perceive them, um, will they will they connect with that individual? Will they connect with their story? And and so what Harry does is he starts the process of thinking about what are those issues? What are the things that the jurors want to know? What are the things that you as an attorney need to understand about these individuals in order to determine whether or not they are right for the case or the case is right for them? Because mm -hmm. it really is a match. It has right. to fit. And if it doesn't fit, then, you know, you, they shouldn't be on the juror, jury and really should not be deciding that particular case. So right. Harry comes on, um, comes in pretty early and that's the joy of having someone like him. He's, he's doing all the, the heavy lifting in terms of thinking about the psychology behind um, the case. Why do people think and feel a certain way? What sort of questions do we need to ask? The the phrasing, the wording, he's mm. thinking about how people work together, mm -hmm. um, who are the leaders? Who are the followers? Um, who are the people who are going to be open-minded? Uh, who are the people who are cynical, who are angry? I mean, those are all so important to consider when we're trying a case. Mm -hmm. And then Harry, so when you and your, your client, trial attorney clients show up for jury service, you've already created, or for jury selection, you've already created a profile of the ideal juror. Yes, yeah, the, the what we're looking for and what we're looking to to you know get rid of because uh, topics that we're going to be talking about because you know my job is not like you know like bull but my job is not to do weird surveillance on the jurors and or <laughs> digging, not digging through their trash or or anything like that. Right. Uh, I am doing it, so it's not intrusive. And sometimes I think people, if they realize that there's a jury consultant there, they feel like, am I is my privacy somehow being invaded? No, I just want to. Are you there in the courtroom? I'm there in the courtroom at counsel table. Yes. Okay. Uh, and um, and listening and observing and seeing, you know, which jurors are, you know, if one juror is saying one thing, which jurors are are nodding in agreement, and which jurors are rolling their eyes and what, you know, too. But uh, you know, my job is just to 
you know, hear the jurors talk about what their values are and their attitudes are and, and making sure that they're a good fit for the case. And, and on the plaintiff side, you know, we generally want people who care about safety and fairness and um, who have a conscience and who think that accountability is important and who aren't cynical about these things. And, you know, the last thing that I want, I mean, I overgeneralizing, but because uh, every case is different, but the last thing I want is somebody who's going to hear about a case and say, who cares? You know, who cares? This person got fired. Who cares? This person got hurt. Who cares? This trucking company, you know, cut some corners. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, my job is just to kind of get inside their heads a little bit and just see what's, what matters to them and, and who's got a conscience and what's going to make them upset. Right. Harry, I forgot to ask you, but is there a jury verdict that you're most proud of or a memorable jury selection experience that you think would be of interest um, in these last few seconds and we can continue it into our next segment? Sure. I mean, well, asking me to pick my favorite verdict is like asking me to pick my, my favorite <laughs> child. Um, I just, right. so, so important. Um, you know, uh, I mean, my, but uh, the, the jury service uh, thing that I remember, I was picking a jury a few years ago and there was a juror who who the judge was talking to him and they said, oh, you, I, well, I live in the Philippines. And well, when did you move back here? And it turns out he said, well, I came back when I got this jury summons. A juror actually got a jury summons forwarded from his old address in Los Angeles, came back, flew from the Philippines to jury service. I mean, that was, that was just incredible. Everybody gave that juror a standing ovation. And, you know, and I was thinking, if you live in LA, how can you throw that in the trash when this guy came from the, all the way from the Philippines to, to be at a trial? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is definitely interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. We will continue our conversation with um, Evie Sec and Harry Plotkin as we come forward. So don't turn that dial. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick-Wright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. And you were just listening for a song that's new to us. It's called Beer for My Horses by Toby Keith. Thank you, um, Harry Plotkin, our jury consultant, for that song. It's one of the songs that gets him going for trial. And he says it, it talks about, it's an old school classic that sort of talks about justice. So be sure you listen to that song and um, be inspired by it as Harry is. So continue with our conversation on the importance of jury service, the science behind picking a jury, and then, you know, to turn the conversation a little bit more, the science behind capturing the attention of a jury and helping a jury to really resonate with your case and your client's position in the case. Um, Ibietti, tell us about that. I saw you do the most mesmerizing um, opening argument on this issue of loss of consortium. What do you put into in preparing your opening or your closing and your questions, you know, cross-examination or direct examination during trial? What are you thinking about in terms of the jurors as you're preparing any stage or part of your case? Uh, wow. I, I'm thinking about so many things, but the, the big picture, the big picture is I'm thinking about how can I make these 12 strangers love my client or feel as invested in this case as I am. And I do. And, uh, it, 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 it's all about, I mean, it sounds really kind of, uh, I guess, I don't even know the word for it, fluffy, so to speak. It's like, really like, no, it really is about making people feel truly uh, 
invested and connected to an individual that they have nothing really probably even in common with as far as they know, and they frankly don't want to be there. And so my focus is just to make them feel like they are the most important person in the room. This is the most important moment of their lives, lives, and and they should not squander it. Uh, and so I, when they come in, I'm making eye contact. I'm 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 wondering what do I want to know about this person. I'm genuinely curious about who they are as people. I often have my client there so that they can lay eyes on him or her, uh, so that they know that that person is invested and they know that this is uh, a critical time in their lives. And so uh, there's all sorts of things that are happening in the courtroom, uh, but. Uh, my mother would be proud to hear me say this, uh, is that for me personally, it's to be as powerful as I can possibly be in that courtroom, just mm. to emanate power and, and presence and in some cases, prestige. Yeah. Uh, so that people feel like this is not just a formal setting. It is an incredibly um, important setting and I'm honored to be here. Let's get to work. Right, right. And I'm sure you, like many trial attorneys, will give feedback from jurors after, you'll poll jurors after a verdict has been rendered. What's a comment that a juror's made to you that stands out in your mind about how how they resonated with you or your client? The one I hear um, more and more these days is, I'm just, I'm really proud to see you here. I'm proud to see you doing this work and um I hope you continue to do it. And if I ever have a case, can I call you? <laughs> that that's probably yeah. like the the biggest badge of honor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you you raise a point which I want to use as a part of our closeout. So uh, be sure to continue with us as we come forward and close out our conversation, uh, but definitely not close out our relationship with these two amazing guests. They're welcome back anytime. Attorney Ibieri Sec and jury consultant Harry Plotkin. Stay tuned. Joining us in our closing segment on KBLA Talk 1580, you were just listening to Aloe Black, um, his song, The Man. And we'd like to thank our guest, Ibieri Sec, for that recommendation. She was just with him at a lobby day in Sacramento a week or so ago and just said he's such an amazing talent. And I so agree. So thank you for uh, recommending that song, Ibieri. You touched on something um, just before, you know, this segment of jurors will come up to you after and polling them will say they're just proud to see you here what what are they referencing what do they mean by that uh some just tell me frankly or that it's because i'm a woman in the courtroom and some people say it's because i'm a a, a person of color in the courtroom and some people just say it's because it's a black woman in the courtroom and and uh that that is important to them it sometimes it's because i'm a young woman in the courtroom i don't fit the you know, the typical or traditional uh, image of what it means to be a trial lawyer in America, which I think we can all agree has traditionally be, been a, a, a space that's been occupied by white males, traditionally older. Uh, and so um, it's just, it's to them, I think, refreshing and it's interesting and it's, uh, it's, it can be compelling. There are all sorts of things, but yes, they, they, they tend to comment on that and I appreciate it. I like being seen and I, I more importantly like being heard. 
<laughs> wow. Well, you are definitely a great example to so many and a role model to so many. And you said they also say, if I have a problem, I'm going to call you. So how do our listeners uh, get in touch with you if they have a, a case falling within your line of work? Well, you can um, find me by uh, calling me. Uh, my telephone number is 323-902-9902. I take all calls. But um, you can also find me online. I have a unique name, Ibiere, spelled I-B-I-E-R-E. Last name is Sec, and my firm is Sec Firm, Sec Firm, S-E-C-K Firm.com. And we try cases. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Unapologetically. Unapologetically. Carrie, <laughs> um, anything you want to add as a word of encouragement or inspiration to our listeners and how we can follow you as well? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've talked throughout about the importance of jury service and hoping that everybody, uh, and next time you get that summons, answer the call and make time for it because it's so important. Um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I, I, the message I want to give is that, you know, some people think about lawsuits about, well, why I just given a bunch of money to this person? How's that going to help? I mean, for me, and I always put this into the voir dire and have the attorneys explain this to jurors. I mean, it's about accountability. It's about holding a company accountable or an individual accountable. And for, for those of you, I, since we're not in a courtroom, I can mention anytime that you come in as a juror and you see an individual defendant, that pretty much always means is there's an insurance company paying the uh, for the verdict. So, you know, it's you, and so, you know, and in, in a jury system, the only way that you can hold someone accountable, a company fully accountable is with money. And I, it's something that really I, I always make sure the attorneys mention to empower jurors. A jury doesn't have the power to force a company to change its policies or take safety or fairness more uh, responsibly. But money is the only way that they can do that. And the jury system is the only way they can do that. So, so important. Uh, to serve on a jury and, you know, be the conscience of the community. Wonderful, Harry. And how can listeners follow you? Sure. Good question. Um, you know, probably the best way, I mean, I do have a website, uh, which is yournextjury.com. It's primarily for, for lawyers, but if, if you're interested in learning more about me and what I do, feel free to go on the website, shoot me an email. I'm happy to talk to folks. Thank you so much. This has been a great show with two amazing people, top trial attorney, Ibieti Sec, and top jury consultant, Harry Plotkin. Thank you both so much for your time and for the insights you shared. Definitely look forward to having you back. And um, up next, we have Talk Tech to Me with Cassie Betts. She has an amazing show. You don't want to miss it. And please plan to tune in again the same time next week for the Legal Lens Show, where we will celebrate Mother's Day uh, with an attorney mother, um, helping us to um, understand some of the employment laws that impact women and mothers in this climate. So you don't want to miss this show. Until then, I leave you with the... Um, I leave you with words just saying smile, be kind to someone, and just show love and kindness because the world needs more of that today. I'm signing off today, but just for today, and I'll be back next week. This is Angela Redock-Wright with The Legal Lynn Show on KBLA Talk 1580. Don't turn that down. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.